Welcome, everyone, to District Divided, a DC sports podcast. I am Amit. That is KDOT. We're here to talk to you today about the big 425 p.m. Eastern Time matchup this Sunday. The Indianapolis Colts and the Washington Commanders go at it with Taylor Heineke against Sam Ellinger. So we're going to break down the two QBs, more specifically Sam Ellinger, because it's his first career NFL start here. Uh, But as we always begin with, KDOT, how are you doing, sir? Doing great, but uh, you got to say, I hate four, I hate four o'clock games. Do you hate four o'clock games? I, I games. you know what? I like the one o'clock because then you can enjoy the four o'clocks if you end up winning. Right. Oftentimes we don't. And so then it's just sort of a bit more miserable. So in that respect, I kind of like them because mm. you see the one o'clock games and you can build some anticipation for yours. That's right. I just, I like to sit down and get like a nice lunch, a nice big lunch. Uh-huh. I don't want to waste the lunch on one o'clock games. I don't give a shit about. I want it for my game. And then four o'clock's too early for dinner. Uh-huh. Then you wait until afterwards. And you kind of scramble for the eight o'clock game. It's all thick. Just saying. It's fucking with my with my my zen of what my Sunday is supposed to be. Hey, we don't want to mess with that, Kata. We definitely don't want to mess with that. But the commanders are doing just that. So again, four twenty-five p.m. It's happening at Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. Um, big game because we're on a two-game win streak. We could go on a three-game win streak. But the Colts have benched quarterback Matt Ryan in favor of second year quarterback Sam Ellinger out of Texas. So, KDOT, let's go ahead and begin. Sam Ellinger has nine career rushing yards, I believe, zero passes. What are your thoughts on the move by Indianapolis? Does it worry you more that Matt Ryan is not playing? Or is this just sort of a lateral? Don't really care much about it. I weird, right? So like, it's one of those things where anything that's happened from the quarterback position post Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, you really toss your hands up and be like, I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, This doesn't feel like it was a Frank Reich move. This feels like another Jim Ursay move. Um, But I love on this podcast. We love on this podcast. just not necessarily his take on quarterbacks. So even though him getting his Carson Wentz, I'd still take that any day. Any well, don't day forget the additional bit of the trade that we and discussed. The trade and with the injury, it's going to look like it's going to work out in our favor. Yep. So, yeah, all all great march for Jim. Snyder comments. Um, unless you're a Colts fan. So the, the, the aspect of this is that is this one of these things where you go to a Sam Ellinger because you need a spark on, on, on the team or on the offense, right? Or is this more of a business play in the sense of Matt Ryan's not the guy and we need to see whether or not this guy's the guy. Otherwise, we're going to invest more in the quarterback position in the offseason. I don't know. So that's the thing. Is it like when you hear some of the Colts players and everything talk, it almost feels as though they're kind of disappointed they couldn't do it for Matt. Mm-hmm. So with that, it kind of concerns me that maybe this is this ends up being more rebellious than brings the team together. And if that's the case, then okay, hell yeah. I'm all for it as far as them coming to us. Dude's getting his absolute first start in the NFL for real, other than his preseason. 
And um, yeah, we should be able to eat off that, right? So like yeah. anybody getting their first start with what we're able to do usually on defense as far as pressure, that usually is going to mean good things as far as the defense. Uh, but yet once again, is he one of those dudes that's sort of a lightning rod, a spark, right? So the same kind of thing that we get from like Taylor Heineke. Right. One of the biggest issues, and not to get too far in the X's nose, but just about Sam, if you look at his preseason tapes, and number one, number one passing rating in this last preseason, Sam Howell had the most yards, but Sam Ellinger had the highest passer rating. Okay. Um, looking at his stats overall over this preseason, you 24 of 29, 289, four touchdowns, no picks. And if you look at okay. it compared to the previous preseason where he had no touchdowns and three picks, he got better. And this is a dude that also can use his feet. It's not necessarily like he's a Mike Vick or anything out there, but he's a dude that can extend the play. And that's something that we know Matt Ryan could absolutely not do. So if that's the case where you have this dude that can kind of move around a bit and is looking as far as that energy, it's almost like he's their version of Taylor Heineke. And if that's the case and you know, they got weapons. If the team believes in this dude or they they thought that Matt Ryan was the guy that was kind of holding them back, then maybe they do show up. Maybe you got the Paris Campbell and all these guys wanting to show, hell yeah, we got a good enough team. And you look at their record, everybody's got, got the doldrums of the Colts, same way that you feel the doldrums around the commanders. But you look at that record, both of us are right there in the hunt. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. We're talking about Sam Ellinger here. We haven't even touched on Jonathan Taylor, who is having a subpar year and he's missed a couple games and stuff like that. But hey, he had a case for league MVP last season. So you still need to make sure you shut him down first and foremost. But, you know, I feel like whenever we go against QBs that can move, that are a little bit mobile, I always get a little worried, K-Dot. I I mean, we talk about... Yeah, remember Jalen Hurts, uh, the year they benched him for Nate Sudfeld in the final game of the season? Yeah, he was 7 to 20 for 74 yards or whatever it was. But on the ground, I want to say he had like 34 yards and two touchdowns rushing. So, like, we have had problems under Del Rio against quarterbacks that can scramble. Daniel Jones looks like a proper dual threat whenever he plays against us. Justin Fields two weeks ago. Justin Fields two weeks ago. They really could have and should have won that game if Mooney holds on to the ball. So no, is Sam Sam is not them. He is not faster than them. He is not even as fast as them, but the fact that he can move around and potentially be their lightning in a bottle, their lightning rod here is a bit scary. So it has me a bit concerned. I wish Matt Ryan were playing this game instead because I love playing these statue QBs. Absolutely love playing against these statue QBs. And we and we've seen it because Carson Wentz probably gets sacked five or more times last week against Green Bay. Whereas Heineke pressured at the highest rate that we have been pressured this season at the quarterback position, only got sacked once and continued to extend plays and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a very valid, valid point there. I wanted to touch on Jonathan Taylor though, mm-hmm. um, because we did mention him a little bit. A uh, bit of a down year right now. But he's still Jonathan Taylor. Cole Holcomb currently is trending the wrong way on the injury report. Has not practiced the last couple days with an injury. What What is sort of the game plan on defense in terms of stopping Jonathan Taylor and also then making sure that Sam Ellinger is accounted for? I mean, that's the thing is that it's got to be one of those things where the defense kind of has to make a choice. And the choice is going to be let Sam beat us. And let's do what we need to do to stack the box to help out to stop Jonathan Taylor. Look, you talked about the struggles that Jonathan Taylor has had this year. 
like there's no there's no real understanding of what's exactly wrong with the Indianapolis Colts. It feels as though their game plan is incorrect almost every week in the sense of even when Jonathan Taylor was healthy, they kind of get away from the run. Sometimes I think he's only had two games that he's had over 20 carries. And that seems like somebody who's going to be the absolute bell cow for the way that offense runs. Um and one doesn't know, is that more Matt Ryan just wanting to hold on the football? I know that one thing that they talked about last year when it came to Carson Wentz, when we were comparing him to, with us, was how many times Carson Wentz would check out of certain plays and necessarily give Jonathan Taylor the ball last year, which might have spoken to a lot of what he was doing as far as looking towards that MVP campaign. Um, but this year, it just hasn't been there. Maybe that's Matt Ryan not necessarily checking out of things, maybe sticking with the sticking with the pass, but maybe he should check to a run. I don't know. I doubt that they'll have more success than that with Sam Ellinger as much as they just need to script up the run. But we can't let Jonathan Taylor beat us. We've done pretty good against the run all year, if you really look at it, right? Other than mm-hmm. giving up those big gash plays. First two again. weeks were tough, but after that, after that we've kind of, defense it, has been much better since then. Yeah, I mean, you had like the the Derrick Henry game, which once again, gash run, right? So like you, right. you, you have that. And the thing is, Taylor can make you pay as far as if you give him that opportunity, he will break one for 70 yards on you quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more than anything is making sure that we just have him in full containment. Cause there's another thing is if these, if we get that pass rush and you've got the, that play breaking down, but you got an Ellinger who can make things work with his legs a little bit more than Matt Ryan. But what I also think you have to look out for and some we saw a little bit in that green Bay game is uh, Taylor being able to get out of the backfield and catch the ball, which he can do. Right. And him catching the ball and having our guys out in space, that can be a problem. Um, it, the thing is that pass rush needs to get there. Um, it needs to get there. And we've talked about that um, at nauseum this year. Uh, and it's been something that you, Aaron Rodgers is probably the best guy at it as far as just getting the ball out so the pass rush couldn't get there to him. Right. Um, and I think right now with the rookie, you should be able to start eating off of this, may, at least make him make mistakes. But the pressure should be there all game long. The box should be stacked all day long. I'm hopeful that we can also maintain some lane discipline in, situ- in passing situations so that if Sam is to escape, it's not right down the middle. It right. is. He has to sort of roll out. It, it just buys our defense some time as well and forces him to make a play. Uh, you are absolutely spot on, in my opinion, that first and foremost, it is his first career NFL start. I, I know we're talking and I know I'm talking a bit more of a fearful tone when it comes to a mobile QB, just any, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but it is his first career NFL start. And Jonathan Taylor is their biggest threat on offense. So yeah, we absolutely need to stop Taylor. Um, very curious to see what happens at linebacker with Cole Holcomb come out who had a pretty good game last <laughs> week. And Jamin Davis is playing a hell of a lot better. Um, but he is also probably going to be assigned to Jonathan Taylor, even out of the backfield. Naheem Hines, like Deion Jackson's playing well too. So they've got a number of options. And just speaking to your point, they've been airing it out with Matt Ryan constantly. And I wonder if that has to do with that massive contract that he has, right? And they go, hey, we can, we expect to be able to air it out with you. Well, now that Sam's in, I fully expect them to run a hell of a lot more. All the more reason to stop Jonathan Taylor here. Any final thoughts? I mean, they've got Michael Pittman Jr., but outside of that, Alec Pierce has been okay at wide receiver. Um, Paris Campbell, you mentioned, had a nice game last week. But any other final thoughts before we flip the script and we talk about our offense against their defense? Yeah, I think just a little more insight what you were just saying at the end, which was that it feels as though a lot of the Indianapolis calls decisions are almost being made politically. Mm-hmm. Um, this okay. stat is something I read today. Dating back to 2000, dating back to Andrew Luck in 2018, the Colts have dished out a whopping 
$145 million in cash to 12 quarterbacks. Oh, my God. That is, that is a ton of fucking money. That's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> so it's there. So that's the thing is like, I, I want people to understand this team is talented. We're facing, mm-hmm. but that quarterback position has been an absolute fucking disaster. Um, they're, they're putting the hope in Sam, but I don't think it was something as though they were excited. Listen to Frank Wright. We were just excited at what we saw in practice. No, this is a desperation move and we need to treat as such. Yeah. No, excellent point there. Um, Let's talk about our lightning in a bottle, our lightning rod, Taylor Heineke and this Washington commanders offense going on the road to a Colts defense that has been a bit up and down. Um, they have Stefan Gilmore. That was their big money signing uh, this off season for them at the corner position. And he's made a number of spectacular plays for them. So obviously you have to look out for him. They've got Shaq Leonard, who I believe he's still, because it was Darius Leonard. Now it's Shaq Leonard. So formerly known as Darius Leonard, um, they've got some playmakers on defense. K. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on how we need to attack this Colts defense? Because while all the talks would be about Sam Ellinger and his first career start, there's a whole other side of the ball with a quarterback that we know can make plays. But this is also a bit of a an interesting spot against an underrated Colts defense here. Run the ball. Um, these guys, DeForest Buckner. Um, Ngakwe, who I know didn't practice today, but probably just a rest. Uh, he he got upgraded to full. Yeah. Um, run the ball. This is a 20 something ranked rush defense, top 10 in passing. Um, this is a team in which, look, Taylor Heineke's are lighting in a bottle, but if he has a first half like he had against the Green Bay Packers, this would be a long fucking day. Um, th- this is one of these things that we need to make sure that we protect the football. And one of the main concerns of checking the football is just run it. And we've shown that we are able to do it when we committed to it. 38 rushes last week. We need to be somewhere in that exact same territory going into this week. And uh, once again, Taylor Heineke, like the pressure rate, you said it was the highest we gave all year. I think it was like 40 something, 40%. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That, that, that Taylor did everything he could damn well do. But once again, if it wasn't for two penalties, you have a pick six and a fumble that was returned. You're going to get lucky. Nice time that somebody did something stupid to call something back. There's just one of those things that, like, this is not a defense should be slept on. Once again, top 10 ranked, especially when it comes against the pass. But you should be able to run the football on them. And with that, like, they, I think they finally figured out that combination of the way they need to use Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you got to give them, you, you got to feed both of those guys. The only one that I want to see more involved in the pat in the rush game is probably J.D. McKissick. In sure. the sense that you got to give it to him at least every once in a while out of the draw. Otherwise, everybody kind of knows you're scheming up a passing play. It just looks too telegraphed. So, so let's go ahead and do this. Um, let's say the run is being stopped. Like they they do focus on the run. They're stuffing Brian Robinson. They're even stuffing Antonio Gibson, who you just alluded to. It has done an excellent job as the change of pace back. Mm-hmm. I, it's so nice having Brian Robinson back for that reason as well. Yep. Not only is he hammering the defense, and no, he's not gaining that many yards at a time, but he is setting the tone for us. And you see Gibson then going, thank you very much. Lots of holes here. I can go through that. Um, it seems like you want to say something there. Yeah, I got a quick thing about Brian Robinson. Yeah. he's uh, This last game, he was acting very Antonio Gibson circa 221. Stop <laughs> fucking dancing. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm North not going to disagree with you there. Like the, the the whole thing is why do we keep getting running backs that don't want to run north and south? Antonio looks like he's trying to figure he finally figured it out. 
he's looking better just running all around. Like um, you saw that mm-hmm. one play that he stretched outside and actually outran everybody to get to the edge. It was like, yep. yeah, that's that speed, you know. But there's also he's not wasting any time before he hits that hole. Robinson, there were there were a couple game, there were there were at least two or three runs that I saw that he was letting up an easy four or five yards at a minimum that he could have gotten on some of those runs if he's just disciplined and going for it and stop looking for the home run all the time. Right. Uh, but the question I wanted to ask, uh, good point. That's true because we were expecting Robinson to just go North South simple. Um, what if it is getting stuffed? How do you want to attack these guys in the passing game in that situation? Similar to every, like Taylor has shown, at least in this last game, he's worked on his deep ball. Um, I still that don't know he has. Start- what a he, gorgeous ball to Terry. Absolutely worked with his ball. And the thing that I think I was most impressed by last game was that it seemed as though early on the velocity on the football just weren't. It felt it felt very Taylor Heineke, at least early. Mm-hmm. You saw some of those throws out to the flat and it looked like they took a plane, train and automobile to get there. How long it took for that fucking pass to get there. Where you're just watching it kind of happen in slow motion. You're like, you know, those defensive bats can pick that up, right? Um, But as the game went on, and I think he just got a lot of more moxie and was feeling himself, there's a little more zip on that football. I'm hopeful that the first half of the last time I'm going to see of the zero-velocity Chad Pennington-style version of Taylor Heineke, um, (laughs) water pistol instead of a cannon. Um, Like I'm hoping that's the last I've seen that, and he can actually put some zip on the ball. But, I mean, the the same thing goes that we've said every week. Get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I don't give a shit how you do it. Um, a lot of stuff in the flat, whatever, get the ball into the hands of the playmakers for them to make the plays. Um, that is always going to be the recipe for success. Uh, the, I think right now also we talked about it in the, in the last episode, which is that it felt as though, and I know it's a hard ask from Scott Turner and this offensive staff, but they need to do more as far as getting Taylor out of the pocket so that he could make some plays with his feet. Um it, that that's the thing that he, they were asking him to really stay in the box. I mean, this last game, we can continue to I know, flip that I know, penny know. into the wishing well. It just it seems like based on what everybody said, we're not going to see that. It's not going to happen. But but I get it. I agree with you. Just to be clear, yeah. But that's the thing. And if Taylor has worked as far as in the some of the drills or anything to maybe on his own get the fuck out of the pocket and make something happen with the seat. Um, I don't know if, if it looks as though you're threading it just a little too much, Taylor, run it. Cause we can't afford for you to turn the ball over. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, now, speaking of playmakers, Jahan Dotson has not practiced this week. So it looks like he's also trending in the wrong direction uh, on the offensive line. Sadiq Charles has not practiced. Looks like Trey Turner's getting some reps there. You can only hope for a better performance. Um, Cole Turner has not practiced either a bit of a, you know, taller tight end threat. For Taylor, but uh, Logan Thomas questionable. So we'll see how that goes. But just wanted to add the injury information as well to that. So do you see final question before we get to, I guess, predictions already? Wow. Oh, and then we'll do the common mailbag after. Um, Do you see us having success against this Colts defense? Um, Like when you envision it, just like I understand run the ball, etc. But do you see the success? I see the success, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's success, but it's um, how would I say it? It's not success in the way that you would take a look at NFL offenses across the league and say, "Oh, that was a hell of an outing." I think okay. is long sustained drives mm-hmm. and capitalizing when we do have them, as far okay. as points, whether it be field goals, touchdowns, I mean, hopefully more touchdowns, field goals. But I don't think 
I don't see this offense being um, something that's like this high-scoring affair against the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's more run the football, protect it, and uh, play the Tom possession game. And if we could do that, it might not look crazy on the scoreboard, but it's enough with Taylor Heineke, a quarterback, that we can win this game. Now, I'm I'm also – look, I'm hopeful that Taylor shows showed in that second half that he has changed and now just an absolute baller. And we're yeah. up here putting 35 points. Maybe this is the coming out party. I just, uh, I'm holding, I'm, I'm holding a little bit of reservation, sir. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's hop over to the predictions. So the Colts are currently favored by three points at home. And this is again, Sam Ellinger's first career NFL start, but they are favored by three points at home. The over under is at 40 and a half points, 40.5 K dot. What I need from you as always is a score, a winner. And a player of the game. Floor is yours. All right. Uh, score. Let's go. I've been thinking about this. It's uh, thinking about this quite a bit in the last couple hours as far as what I wanted to do with this. I have been a tight one. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what our offense is really going to be able to do against that defense more than anything. So I'm going to go here. I'm going to say 17-16. Commanders win. Um, low scoring affair. I see us getting a couple touchdowns and a, and a field goal. And I see because of that rookie quarterback, while they might be able to get in position uh, where they need to, they it gets bogged down the red zone quite a bit. And the rookie can't necessarily make the play, so they have to rely on field goals um, okay. quite a bit in that one. I have got – I've got a bit of a weird one. I've got 17, maybe 20, but I think 17, 13 – Colts um I would love to be wrong about this but there is just something about a QB that people want to see uh and is mobile and I just under Del Rio I have yet to see us contain a QB that has a tendency to run a little bit and so that's what gets me nervous um player of the game would then have to be Sam Ellinger um but that's that's what I would say I am cautiously i don't know maybe i'm protecting myself from hurt maybe that's what i'm doing right now by picking the colts uh but it just seems like one of those games right like we're on a two-game win streak and it seems like it's breaking our way with sam ellinger making his first ever start like so surely we must win that game but how often does that actually happen for us i I mean it just i don't know i don't know i'm I'm nervous (laughs) all right number one oh my player of the game antonio gibson again fair enough um which was a good call last week I just think he's the, he's the, for what we're going to do with the offense, he's the guy. Uh, Cause he could, the, the, cause what, what put him over the top is that catch. See, right. and that's what he can do more than Brian Robinson or anybody else can do. Um, I get that. I get your, I get your thought process, but the only thing that I would tell and I would caution everybody is that. Pulling the, up the comment mailbag, just to be clear. Sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. The vibe in Washington right now has been so high and fucking low over the last course, of the last few weeks. I don't think that we should we shouldn't necessarily look at these two games, two game win streak as though the 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 tide has changed or the corner it's turned that much. <laughs> right. Um because once again, you've known me to every episode that we've come in here. I've I haven't really panicked. The Tennessee yeah. game is the closest thing that I said. I'm not panicking. It was a red like, game. It was my code red game, but code red not in the sense of panicking, code red in the sense of mathematically, I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's where, that's where I was at, but it, I still, I'm not, nothing has happened so far with this team that has made me feel as though 
it's swung completely in one direction to the other just yet. Mm-hmm. But it's haven't. I just see us right now as playing like a mediocre team. And I think the record reflects it. Like, I, I don't – it's never been the skies falling to me, but it's mm-hmm. also never in any game. Look, it was the Packers, but I've how many times I got to say they suck? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I, 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 we were both on that, and I actually think we had a hell of an episode last week because we called out all the little things that we felt we could expose, and we did. So it was awesome. And the Absolutely Bears are the awesome. Bears, even though what the fuck do they do against New England? Can we talk about that for a moment before we get – that actually looked like baby RG3 Bro, from his rookie year. They just decided to run him more, this year. and it like – that was football my is broken pick. this year. Fucking Patriots. Football like, is broken this year. What were they doing starting Mac Jones? Zappy's on fire. Just let the kid go to. until he loses. Why do you have to? Mac Jones made a Pro Bowl last year, and he's Who? in his second year. Yeah, but everyone's obsessed with Zappy. He had I don't give a shit what anybody else is obsessed with. You can't do that to a guy who made the Pro Bowl Pro in Bowl's his fucking down, rookie. Dude. I don't Bowl's give it. Look, here's the thing. This is what you can't it, use that. Like I'm a um, you see him I'm in the like, skills competition. He missed a, every fucking throw. I'm a I'm a I'm a Patriots light fan. I know like you I are. respect the shit out of Belichick and everything else. I also think Belichick's decision making right now, he's in an untenable situation. And the one person that you got to give credit to that doesn't really give a shit about anybody on the outside of saying he's going to make the best decision for his football team is Bill Belichick. If you need yes. proof, look to the balls that it took to start Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe way back when. Um. Look, everybody likes Zappy. He's the he's the dude that like he he lights a fire on everybody. Mac Jones is, for lack of a better terminology, a straight up little bitch. Um, there have been yes. three major red flags that have happened with Mac Jones to me over the course of his career that have been like and he keeps kicking dude. people in the balls. That was red flag number three. Red yeah. flag number one was when they had to get rid of Cam Newton because he was afraid of Cam Newton looking over his shoulder. Red flag number two was his reaction to the injury early this season and coming out against what the team was saying as far as how long he wanted to be shut down and this, that, and the other. There have been red flag after red flag as far as the attitude of this guy. And Zappi looks like the dude that could get slotted in and looks more fun. But I I still say, I don't think that they found the solution for the quarterback. I'm not saying he's the solution. But you but cannot, not? What you cannot do, if you have a rookie quarterback that made a Pro Bowl, right, then that means the dude has some modicum of talent. And what you cannot do is treat him like a yo-yo at the beginning of his career because that'll absolutely wreck his confidence. So sometimes, regardless of it, the same way you see the Indianapolis Colts doing right now with Sam, potentially, is we take the lumps where they come in the development of our guy. And that's what you have to do sometimes. I hate I hate the way that Dallas did it, but it was perfect. It was right. Uh, there really shouldn't have been any sort of controversy whatsoever. And what they did was they waited for Cooper Rush to lose a game. And the moment that happens, they go, okay, cool. Now we can go to Dak and there is no clamoring whatsoever. Wait for Zappi to lose a game and then go to him. I think it's that simple. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. We'll we'll continue this conversation. Let's get to the (laughs) comment mailbag. Let's get to the comment mailbag. And we appreciate all the comments, guys. We have five today. Um, And so we're going to begin with Kalon Meekins. Really appreciate the comment on Taylor Heineke. In Washington, there's never been a more infectious quarterback. Kirk Cousins, you like that, was the closest. He throws competition balls for real. Got to compete for it. He's been the best QB we've had since Kirk. He throws his hands up like that with the emoji. 
feels like we are always close and got a chance with him, him being Taylor Heineke. Really appreciate the comment there, Kalon. Any thoughts on that, KDOT? Best quarterback since Kirk. That's not a tall task. Um, <laughs> Which is true. That is also Actually, a good point. I, that's the thing. It's not a real. I mean, I guess more hype might have been Alex Smith coming off that season he had before he got to us um, when they decided they were just going to go with Mahomes anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, to what? Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Fitzpatrick was pretty hot before he got out of here. Yeah, yeah, a hell of a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not a tall task, but I, I, I do want to remind people that, like, we're just hungry for any sort of modicum of being able to look at the quarterback position with any sort of positivity. So like I, I say, all right, the Kirk cousins, I'll, you like that stage. Mm-hmm. But then I say 2012 RG3 around Thanksgiving, you would have thought Christ was reincarnated. He was the um, best quarterback in the NFL at that point. Right. We had it. I mean, Oh God, what a time. But then before that, I mean, I'm, I'm a proud card come cad card, card carrying member of the cult of cult. I will forever be. Colt, rest in peace. I love you, brother. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just we're we're hungry. You could have got McCoy, just to be clear. We just wanted to make sure we knew which Colt we were talking yeah. about. There. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely not going McCoy. Even though McCoy, for one, yeah, <laughs> that he had that, that Monday Night Dallas victory in saying? Dallas. So it's like, I mean, it's a we're, to him. Hung, we're hungry for it. That's not a knock on Taylor. I think Taylor's personality just makes things fun. That's the other thing. Is it just fun from the quarterback position? Because we've had a lot of boring motherfuckers at quarterback too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to Ridge where your helmet at. And this is a bit of a longer comment with two questions. So I'm going to stop after the first question. We'll discuss that and then we'll get to the second bit. Okay. All right. All right. So Ridge where your helmet at. And thank you for the comment writes. How are y'all still talking about Wentz and that it would not have been the right move to take him out if his hand wasn't hurt? He's hopefully played his last snap here. Either Heineke is hot and we roll with him. Or in a few weeks, the season is lost and it's time to play Howell to see what he's got. Under what circumstances do you see us playing Wentz again this season? I have an answer for that. The answer there is if Heineke goes two and two or something like that. And it is still sort of an interesting situation. Uh, The reason I wasn't calling for Wentz's job at that point was because we had just won a game and you're never benching your starter after one game, no matter how badly he played. It's just not how it works. If, if that were open, you know, if that idea of like, Hey, your starter can win a game, but he didn't play particularly well and you can bench him was real in the NFL. Yeah, sure. It just doesn't happen. And so I think that's where, at least for me, that context lays is we just won the game. So I fully expected Carson to continue starting because ultimately the goal here is not, Super Bowl this year it is do we have a long-term solution in Wentz and they're going to give him as much time as possible because this regime chose him now that's where I'm at what do you think K-Dot? I couldn't agree more pretty much everything you said um that I think more than anything the reason we were still talking about Wentz together the beginning of his thing was that I just want I, while Wentz has his criticisms and they are justified mm-hmm. I don't need him to be the complete scapegoat as to where where we are and why we are where we are um, and I, I think people need to put that in perspective instead of this. Once again, this fan base has a tendency to get so high and so low week after week over based off of what's happening that they lose sight of things. And look, at the end of the day, we love Taylor and we think that Taylor brings his spark to this team. But it'd be an entirely different story if those penalties didn't happen and the pick six and the fumble recovery stand in that game. I'd like to see what it is you think about that. Fair enough. Um, And then the comment continues. 
I've been saying Heineke should start for weeks. I don't wish injury upon anyone, but thank fuck it played out the way it did in regards to Wentz. There is absolutely no way we would have won that game with Wentz at QB. I agree there. Uh, go and watch the second half of the Dallas game again and tell me we would not have won there if Heineke had come out at halftime. With all this stuff, you talking about energy changing, getting the ball out to playmakers, and he quotes Soldier Boy here, copied my whole flow word for word, bar for bar. Team could be five and two right now. Uh, now we're getting to the final bit here with the question. We still have a below average coaching staff that will undoubtedly cost us some more games, but the NFC is weak, and I like I like the way the defense is improving and the offense under four. Heineke also brings up the question, though, if he could really be a long term backup here, if any time the starter struggles, we call for him. I think he could be. Um, I think he could be in that he seems comfortable with the role. He is developing as a QB still. I think he is aware that, hey, I mean, he was on his sister's couch and now he's getting paid millions to be a backup QB and he's shown he can win in this league. So I think he's OK with it. Um I could see a situation where Heineke absolutely lights up the Colts and Jim Irsay picks up the phone and goes, <laughs> we want this guy. Given how crazy the Colts have been in trying to find their guy, I could easily see QB1 for the Indianapolis Colts next season, Taylor Heineke. What do you think? Uh, you got me excited there at the end. So, um, <laughs> look, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Um, let's say going back to what he said in that second paragraph. All right. If cars, if looking at this game against the Packers where Taylor Heineke had an absolute shit first half, right. Before he kind of redeemed himself in the second half. Does that mean he needed a half a football to really get himself under, uh, under center? We could and afford that, it against the Packers though. See what I'm saying? But well, say that again. we could afford a bad half as it right. turns out. Right. The Packers. Absolutely. Yeah. But he's saying that if Taylor had come out in the second half against the Cowboys, does that mean we get Rusty Taylor playing his first half of football? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Because if you if you look at the two games against Dallas last season, Heineke was awful. So, you I know, mean, that's so... the thing. Hindsight being 2020. Look, this thing gets cleared up a bit more if against this defense, Taylor just goes out and fucking goes at it. Renal or Widge, where you have, I'll give you more credit at that particular point in time. But but until that, look, I get it. You want the spark. I understand there are certain things that Taylor is absolutely doing better than better than Carson does as far as getting rid of the football when he needs to, bringing not the taking the unnecessary sacks, bringing the energy. But what, Carson, I think what he left with 10 touchdowns, six picks, like 1,400 yards passing. Um, if the O-line just played better, I don't know. But I guess that's not that's not the case, right? It's it is always what it is. the case with Carson is the O-line is, is playing If somebody well, else so played better, point, right? it's him. At that being point, said. I get it. But I, I just, I'm not sure. To say that we are 5-2 and two instead of our current record with Taylor, I think is a tall, it, it, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I, I think when we, I think when we talk on this podcast, um, we do it sometimes speaking as just ourselves and sometimes sort of projecting what we feel the coaching staff is thinking. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, like I would, I agree. I, I would have loved to have seen Heineke earlier as just a, as just a fan that just wants to see some juice and excitement out of the quarterback position. So uh, Ridge, wear your helmet. At. I see what you're saying there. Um, but I still firmly maintain the long-term strategy was we have Carson Wentz. He was round one pick two overall. We can fix him. 
how does he do? And we're giving him the whole season every out, out because we need sure to figure out if we're picking up the 26 mil next season. Right. We need that's the goal of this season is to that's the bottom out. line. I think that's why he continued to play. I would love to see Heineke earlier, honestly. But yeah. just from the charisma standpoint, from the fun standpoint, as a fan, you enjoy the games more, stuff like that. Right. But the reality is it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. And like at the end of the day, Taylor had a lot of take from last year. and We were seven and ten. I get the situation itself is a lot. But like you kind of knew what you had with Taylor. And like we, we were asking for it and we got it in this last game. And hopefully he keeps it up and doesn't. Ha- it has more of the good Taylor Heineke than the bad Taylor Heineke. Because the bad Taylor Heineke, as we saw in certain parts of that Packers game, is a fucking killer. Yeah. Um, so thank you for the comment, Ridge, where your helmet at. We now move on to Blood Clot. Shout out, Blood Clot. Really appreciate you, bud. Dot, you made me laugh so hard when you said, when you look at that haircut, he don't give a fuck, end quote, talking about Aaron Rodgers. I laughed because during that game, that's all I was staring at when they went to a back shot of Rodgers on the sidelines. He's wearing a cap, and that stupid doll hair of his is sticking out, and that's all I can look at. Amit, you could have been added to the list of celebrity Washington fans. I could have been like, you know, that guy Amit that plays the lead in Aladdin. Yeah, he's a commander's fan. He hangs out with Matthew McConaughey and Kevin Durant. Thanks for reminding me what my life could have been like. Blood clot. Really appreciate that. I yeah, am well aware I dropped. And Jeffrey Wright. Could have been royalty, brother. Oh, my gosh. What could have been? What could have been? Maybe I'll just get another chance. Um, but <laughs> probably not. Anyway, got to wear shades because the future's so bright. Great show again, guys. Appreciate it. Blood clot. Oh, there's a bit more. Hashtag sell the team. And then in parentheses, did you see that they had 90 ex Redskins cheerleaders cheer the team onto the field before the game? Snyder is not known for his subtlety. I appreciate the comment there. Blood clot. I did not see that. Did you see it? I heard I was uh, I was in the car listening to uh, Julian London Fletcher and everything. I was on my way to my friend's house to go watch the game. Um, um, yeah, because it was what it was like the homecoming day thing. Yeah, they had a bunch of former players. Yep. They kept showing Art Monk on every fucking social media site. Oh, I mean, th- that was kind of a shit show, too, the homecoming stuff. It was cool to see the, you know, the best players of the franchise be able to interact with the current players and stuff like that. But, like, apparently they spelled Mark Mosley's name wrong and yeah, like, Cooley didn't show up. And um, I think somebody else, like, had brought his kid to a suite. And they're, like, 30 minutes later, we're, like, actually, you're in the wrong suite after they didn't get food or something like that. Like, there's always something. And then, um, and then apparently, Julie Donaldson got caught in a hot mic. Saying so there is a lot of Packer Green out here. And that also happened on homecoming weekend. So of course these things just keep happening. It is a comedy of errors from oh, the front office. No matter how hard they try. I don't even think it's their fault at this point. I think it's just sort of a curse franchise. Um, we move on. Thank you, Blood Clot, for the comment. Always. Um, now we're on to Johnny Otto. Shout out, Johnny. Appreciate Johnny. it. Commented multiple times. At this point, I see a year two Sam Howell starting at QB. Wentz is too expensive, and I think he will lose the coaching staff the better Taylor does in his absence. Okay, so there we go. So if we're getting to three and one with Taylor, for example, I think Taylor probably does continue, Mm -hmm. right? Because then all of a sudden you go, hey, he legitimately is the better QB for this team. Let's roll with him as far as we can and see how it goes. Um, The year two Sam Hallett starting at QB, I would agree with if we have done well enough that we're nowhere near you know, the top of the draft, right? Where we just go, you know what? Actually, because I'd mentioned Jim Irsay picks up the phone to trade for Taylor. I believe Taylor's out of contract this year um, at the end of this season because mm-hmm. it was a two-year deal. I think he signed last season. Um, and Wentz could potentially be gone too. So yeah, maybe we just roll with Sam Howell and see how it is. Um, 
so yeah, entirely plausible. Really appreciate the comment. It's not there, Johnny. plausible to me. All right. Okay. Well, you think we pick up another free agent, or you uh, unless someone? the season goes to absolute shit and Sam's starting at the end of the season, then we know what we have, and it's like, oh yeah, this guy looks like he's promising. Cool, but the likelihood of all those things happening without them re-signing Taylor Heineke or knowing this coaching staff and they want to have a veteran presence. No, on but the team. but in this parallel universe or current universe, Irsay overpays Taylor. If he does that, then you're going to look for either. I, I doubt that Carson Wentz comes back, but show enough, there will be a Bridgewater-like quarterback here as far as a veteran presence. They've tried every year to make sure there's Fair somebody enough. like that here on the squad. Okay. Uh, and then the thank you for the comment, Johnny. Appreciate it. And then the final comment, VA Money Group, who has also commented multiple times. I love the community we built here. Shout out VA Money Group so. for the following comment. Plain and simple. Wentz is not the best QB for the commanders. Thank you for the comment. I think that is up for debate, isn't it, KDOT? I mean, the way that Taylor was able to win that game for us, yes, he started rough, but ultimately he was hot. He was targeting Terry. You see a fired up Terry. You could make the case that Taylor is the better QB for this team. Maybe not the better QB overall in terms that's of where talent. I'm, that's where I'm kind of with you. But that's yeah. what we're talking it's about here. Best best for this team. And that's what Ridge Wear Your Helmet at saying, too, just to be clear. Well, he might think, he might think he's going better overall. Yeah, that's well. he's going yeah. further than that. Yeah. Um, but better for <laughs> this team. It feels as though and he look, he can clear it up in the comments, but it feels as though he's really shitting on Carson. I, I actually do think guy. the more I think about the character that is Ridgeway Helmet at yeah. just him, Taylor is better at everything. Right. Like yeah. Carson's trash, Taylor's the guy. Yeah. Um, you might be right. And I think that is that is evident in the reaction you saw from like a Terry McLaurin and the way the team is rallying around this guy. But yeah, for this particular squad, yeah, Taylor might be the guy. But that being said, what does that even mean? Because right now we beat we beat a shitty Packers team and a Bears team that shit but beat the Patriots. Lord knows what that is. We have a Colts team who's starting a rookie quarterback in his first possible game. We're in this run of games that I thought we'd actually go on this run. Um, so even if we do make it out of this with a winning with a winning record until we get to like Philadelphia, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean that the team is? Is it a good team? Is it a mediocre team? Is it a below average team? What's I this team? I think it's up for debate at the very and least. And that's the thing. Yeah. So like if Taylor might be the best thing for a mediocre team, which okay, but <laughs> that's not. It's not going to take you to the promised land. If the ultimate goal is Super Bowl, then in that case, we know the limits. Right. Right. I think it's the point you're trying to make. And it goes back to the Wentz thing. You know, he does have a higher ceiling. That was an MVP season he was putting on until he hurt himself. Right. So uh, you can understand what's going on there. Uh, but that was the comment mailbag, guys. Uh, thank you very much for the comments. And this is District Divided, a DC sports podcast coming to you from the 202. I am Amith. That is KDOT. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are so inclined, stick around after the pod, which begins right now. <sighs> you know, Make I've wanted to just sigh that through because I feel like I'm running on fumes. Shout out, Matt Regan. Shouldn't be running anything. Who? Yeah, speaking of. Shout out Matt Regan because of the six mile bet we made. The Lions believe their only win of the season has, of course, come against our Washington commanders. And so today I ran the six miles and I am KDOT. I am so tired. And the things I did to push through that final mile, okay. I mean, 
No, no, no. I mean, I was so I was listening to some music. I had a playlist called Production Rhythm. I normally use it for work. I decided to use it for this run. And it's got Young Buck on there. I'm screaming these lyrics at Rock Creek Park. I mean, Tory Lanez is on there. You thought wrong? Yeah, damn right. Yeah, because I am screaming the those idea lyrics. The Young Buck is on a playlist that exists called Production Rhythm. Gets me in there, man. <laughs> the the human just humans in general. We're so unique, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you don't have Get Buck on your playlist, you are fucking up. It's as simple as that. Oh God, boy. I can't move. Like, I want a beer right now. I don't think I can make it to the fridge. Yeah, I was spoken because my lungs hurt for you. And I need I need my poison right. in me. And so and I, I also ran the most DC. Yeah, I was gonna ask you possible. what route did you go? Okay, so um I started on Georgia and Sherman. Gives okay. you a nice little downhill to get started. Right. Um, and then it's a brief uphill. So it was through Columbia Heights around Woodley Park. I go down and it's Rock Creek all the way to waterfront okay <sighs> through the wharf stuff like that yep. um but it was the most it was the most like dc playground 10k because i ended up running an extra two tenths of a mile I'm like six miles 10k 6.2 let's just go the extra point too see how it is, is. actually you're gonna run the marine corps this weekend hell no <laughs> are you kidding me i did see i did see all the uh all the different uh posted stuff for it where they had the mile seven marker the mile eight marker and i was like oh i guess i'm running at least some of it yeah, we're um, having to do a bunch of advertising this week for it bro, <laughs> to work for work. Bro, <laughs> now I'm well aware of it because I was like, when's the next mile mark? Um, I mean, heavy breathing. I'm like, ah, like I'm really, really pushing. Um, ended up 54 minutes, 35 seconds, which for me, considering I don't run and I hate running, I'm proud of it. I'm taking it. I don't care what anybody says, especially because I was holding phone in one hand wallet in the other because my sweatpants kept falling down and that's what i mean by the dc playground 10k because i had to keep pulling those up as if you've seen those guys with the loose jeans playing pickup basketball that's me running this this 10k (laughs) is literally just this dude in sweatpants just pulling his sweatpants up over and over rolling the bands it worked a little bit which was helpful i appreciate the tip matt but also fuck you matt that was so brutal i i cannot move like, I'm is, of the idea that like you, a human being has but has but so many steps before they die, and when you're a oh, runner, wow. <laughs> when you're a runner, you're you're less than your time, right? So like every one of these that I do also takes time off my life, right? It does, but I think it what all comes out more time off your life. So here's the so here's the thing. So like right, I think ahead. that there's a there's also a quality of life concern, right? You know what? So I can I I think I can make it to the fridge. <laughs> Hold Get on. You're you're gonna you're gonna see me walk. Yeah, let's, let's, let's see Hold this. Hold on one second. All right, all right. Godspeed. One second. See, this is my mind. Each one of these okay. steps takes significant oh. amount of time off of. Right Those on. are the quads. See, quads are on fire. Okay, hold on. Just a step by step by step. See, more life just being drained from my buddy right here. Who fucking runs? Why you gotta run anywhere? This is, running doesn't do anything. It's not good. I see. It. How you feeling, bud? Not great. Yeah. The, all right. Not so great. my philosophy, right? This is half baked. It's not full baked. It's not. It's not. I can't get off. Uh, we can. We can go after the pot as long as you want because I can't Look, move. 
the the idea is that it, you have a certain number of steps in your life, right? So I understand people that live like sedentary lives or anything else. You're not necessarily helping yourself as far from a health standpoint. But here's what I don't see. When you get past the age of like 75, let's say mm-hmm. 70, 70, 75. Let's go 70. Let's go 70. I don't see a lot of fat people above 70 years old, but I also don't see a lot of runners over 70 years old, at least the people that really take running seriously, right? Like there are people, anytime you watch like the Today Show and there's that 100-year-old person there, and they're like, yeah, I drink a Dr. Pepper a day and I smoke three cigarettes every two days. They're the it's ones like, that make it. They're the ones that make it, right? So there's like a, so th- then I go to the quality of life aspect, right? So, all right, quality of life. I smoke these. I'm a fat guy. So during the summer, life kind of sucks. You know, not it's, that I'm, fat. I'm really fat. So the, the uh, dude, I'm morbidly obese. Are you fucking kidding me? My BMI no, well, is off the charts. See that? My BMI is off the charts. I do have a lot of muscle under here, but there, I am no, I am a fat fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll reassess. <laughs> All right, how much do you anyway, think I ahead, weigh? How much do you think I weigh? I don't know. Guess. Just think about it. No guess. How tall are you again? Like five, five and a half, like five six, roughly. I'm Get close the to fuck five out six. of here. That's not true. It's one hundred percent. Dude, true. you look like you were five ten in here. Five, I'm 11. five six on a good day. Fucking 250, 240. I'm over three bills, cocksuck. Okay, so, okay, okay. <laughs> you shit. I'm a well, fat I initially fuck. thought you were like 5'10", 5'11", 240. No, I'm a I fat fuck. No, okay. see, so I'm too fat. I'm in the, he might die of a heart attack at 36, and it's not, it's one of those things you hear the story like, wow, that was young. But then you hear about it, and you're like, eh, it kind of makes sense. So it's one of those sort of things, right? So I, I know I need to skew it back down the other way. I know that. But- when we're talking about runners and people that do shit like I do, right? There's a balance because the quality of life. So while the summer sucks because I'm sweating and I'm kind of out of breath if I walk up a couple flights of stairs, right? Mm-hmm. I also get to enjoy the fuck out of life in other aspects that I don't really care about. Enjoying a good slice of pizza and That's not true. feeling any guilt about it. Lighting one of these sons of bitches up after you had a good meal or after sex. It's an amazing fucking feeling. It feels like you're living life to the fullest. Right? You have sex. Yeah, sometimes this, no. is my, this is my number one there. But the uh, 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 that's a funny thing for just for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But beyond <laughs> there it is, there Fair it enough. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beyond all this, so like, there's a quality of life. What is the? Uh, there's a Johnny Carson quote. Um, I know a man who gave up rich food, cigarettes, and sex. He was happy. He was like he was in good health all the way until the day he killed himself. <laughs> that's, the quote. that's the that thing is, is it quote. like you can't move today <laughs> i cannot you you no. you you took a route via foot which is like shit the cavemen did to yeah. go see sites in dc you see all the time that is correct did nothing for me did nothing other than make you feel fucking miserable and right? yell young buck and tory lane's lyrics and yeah. there's still a very good chance you're gonna die at 72 like the rest of us well, you know, I actually think there's a lot of credence to your point because you hear the phrase you've run your race. I think they are straight up telling us something. I'm telling so, you, man, runners are a different breed. Runners aren't because most runners that I see, if you're a pure runner, they're yeah. not the healthiest people. They're not. They're not they're the healthiest too people. Much. Maybe they're, they're running, running too much. much. That's I think the that's thing. the problem, right? But they're I not getting the runners. appropriate nutrients. You talk joggers, about protein and stuff joggers, like that joggers all day long you like to go cycling other than the fact that in the city you're urban deer but beyond that shit 
Like you can have. I'm, I'm just moving the mic here. This feels way more but, comfortable. But I can't, runners, I can't like purebred runners. I'm just like you're running to an early grave, sir. You're running to an early grave. Like I'm probably gonna get to that same finish line. I'm gonna have a lot more fucking fun doing it. You are gonna have a lot more fun. So, I guess when you're at St. Peter's Gate, oh, you're gonna have some awesome stories when we're all being judged and stuff. If you believe in God and stuff like that. You're like oh. Rock Creek Park was fun. <sighs> fuck you. Just fuck you. <laughs> I'm in so much pain right Rock now. Rock Creek Park was fun. Like, hey, Kenny, what, did, what, did, what was it like last year? Oh, man, I ate like uh, roasted pork from Italy while I was lighting up a great cigar. <laughs> oh, it was a great night. What'd you drink? Oh, I had a bottle of fucking McAllen. Uh, we poured out some glass. It was like, oh, man. So you really took advantage of being on Earth. Oh, it was great, man. <laughs> fucking dope. The thing about <laughs> you is you are capable of selling just about any idea. And now you've got me thinking I'm just doing it. Well, okay. So to my credit, I don't really run that often. I play soccer. That's my running. If there's a ball involved and it, I get competitive like that, that's fine uh, because I'm excited. I'm enjoying life. And so therefore I would imagine my life expectancy continues to go up. My dad's 66. He's playing. Sorry. Uh, he's playing like three times a week. He's killing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm talking about active lifestyle. I'm sorry. The, the okay. thing I'm criticizing. Is so the these runners that, hate themselves. I think that's what you're saying. Motherfucker wakes up and says, I'm going to run six miles today just to do it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Just, and I'm not in that group. So right, yeah, you're saying, right. If you, fuck you. Whoever fuck you are. Group. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I mean, my my outer quads, I think that's the thing that's fucking burning the most. I, I don't know why people do it. Because they, they're really always talking about it. that runner's high, right? That runner's high you get when you break through the wall. You know what else gets me high? The jar of weed I got sitting there on that fucking table. Yeah, just smoke some weed instead. Are we advocating for that? Yeah, fuck it. We're advocating for that now. It's yeah, in DC, man. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just I'm in DC right now. I'm in DC. Oh man. Oh, hey, lovely day today though. We're recording on Thursday night. We put this out Fridays. Um, I, I left the apartment once today to get a euro. <laughs> you absolute asshole you just keep rubbing it in you don't even i don't even know if you mean to at this point you're just kind of fat euro i left my my favorite restaurant so uh near chevy chase parthenon shout out to parthenon um went up there was like ordered over the phone got me a euro with an extra with some extra euro meat on the side it was like yeah and i just remembered i still got extra euro meat and i got extra pita bread that's okay. what i'm gonna do you know what and I hope you enjoy that because I definitely did a treat myself day. I ordered some Chinese food. And I mean, I'm talking a lot. Like I got I got a solid coupon to this place. I'm getting crab rangoon. I'm getting a wonton soup. And I'm getting myself a combo lo mein that includes shrimp. I'm in a good spot. Like I'm, if yeah, I can I'm get there, shellfish. if I can get there, I didn't even stairs. think about it. Can I get downstairs? I'm not sure I can. So we'll see. It may sit there a little longer than I wanted to, but I'm excited for it if I can get there. That'd be great. Yeah, um, tumbling down the goddamn stairs. <laughs> we have elevators. Oh, yeah, tumbling out a fucking elevator. Yeah, I'm not sure. I may just like press the button and then just not move and come right back up. I just, here's my here's my fat fuck story a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Go ahead, so, beats the hell out of my stories right now. I just I walked, can't. I can't fucking move. I walked out of the apartment and I go to the elevator God, and push the button. It's such not, an asshole. Sorry. Go I'm ahead. On the, I'm on the seventh floor and I hit the button. And it's like, there's a literal, there's something I have to go to. It's a work-related event. And I'll hit yeah. the button. I'm like, Ugh. and I finally look up and on one of the elevator doors, this thing saying it's going to be out of service, like mm -hmm. for hours today. Oh, that feels I just turned around and went back to the apartment. 
<laughs> so like, here's the really? thing. I did, yeah, fuck that. I was like, <laughs> I did, I did the best I could over Zoom. I was just like, I'm not making it in person, guys. It's yeah. like at the same time. Because here's the thing, I can make it downstairs fine, right? Mm-hmm. If you ask me right now, like, look, I can get into shape. Like, I do enjoy. I, I, I used to get on the elliptical a lot or get on the treadmill a lot just to, and I do it like watching TV, not crazy pace, but like I've, I've trained to run like half marathons, like it's not like fun ones, like zombie marathons, whatever, like crazy bullshit where the zombies are chasing you or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I actually had a story about that once I paid money for a scam 5k, whatever. We'll talk about it different that, but um, <laughs> I can get into it so that I'm like, all right, I could handle stairs and walk around and do whatever. Right. Yeah. But um, I could get down the seven stories fairly easy because your okay. momentum just goes. But the idea of getting back here and looking at that stairwell with the elevators not in service and being like, I got to go up there. That's I'm tough. like, my food's there. My beer is there. It's my safe space. I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It just sounds like, hey, you're safe. It's, you know, it's not a fat decision. That's the right decision is what you made. Mm. More I think about it. Um, I also just wanted to quickly amend something that I did, which was I spoke to Matt Regan just before this because the image didn't go through. I had to show proof that I ran the six miles and um, I said it to him earlier today. It didn't go through. So I sent it again, um, but we were about to record. So I called him um, and I told him it was surprisingly enjoyable to run the six miles. And I want to just acknowledge that that was a people pleasing moment. I wanted him to feel a bit better about like, hey, you made me do something nice. That was a lie. And I didn't realize it until I said it after. So I just want to be on the record. I hated it. I hated every Thank moment you. of it. I did not enjoy roughly at all. Um, I think the most impressive thing was I knew get buck verbatim. I didn't know that until, you know, that's where. You know, they talk about adversity and how it builds character. I think it just shows you who you are in that moment. And for me, I know lyrics to songs I didn't know I actually knew. And um, that was quite nice. That was quite revealing to me. And I only think I could do it in the moment. I don't even think I could do it now. It was just a moment where I was close to blacking out. Talking about six miles here, dude, for a guy that hates running. I saw this in my, uh, actually, when I was in France, then it brings up something. So quick, when I was Did in you France, hear that? Yeah, I did a little bit. Barkley. Barkley. Hey, come here. That's uh, my dog. Shout out, Barkley. When I was in France, I was having a conversation with somebody about how we were talking about because it was actually somebody um, like a neuroscience scientist. Yeah. And it was about how many songs can you memorize uh-huh. like fundamentally in your head. And it's saying like the average person might have like, I think it was like a thousand or something that they might have memorized. Really? I, th- I think conservatively I'm around 15,000. That I know 15,000 it's 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 ridiculous the amount of songs I have memorized <laughs> like it's, like, but the thing is like it's it, a lot of it's just jazz oh that's like non-instrumental nice. so that's it's like nice. so we'll be listening to something uh, my girlfriend will turn down the radio mm-hmm. and I'll be like humming or whistling the song and I don't miss a fucking beat I know I know fucking all the instrumental little bunch of stuff oh, but really? I was gonna say another thing as far as running and walking right let's talk I also about like it. walking I like walking I do like walking as long as the elevations aren't crazy. So like that was the other thing that I did miss. Okay. Crazy thing about missing France, especially when I was in Lille um, in France, I walked Me. everywhere. Uh-huh. And it's great. It's fucking it's nice. great. 
It's nice, especially when you're walking to a really, really carb rich meal that you're going to smoke through. (laughs) Wait, I think uh, I think uh, speaking of meals, I think my food is at the front door. One second. We can wrap this up. I mean, no, no, no. It's fine. I'm going to get up one more time. I have to. One second. And if it's not, then I'll come back. Probably stand and be like, now we're going to go downstairs. One second. Entertain the people in the meanwhile. Say whatever you want. I'm doing my best. Oh my god! It's a goddamn shame. All right, what should I take this time to actually think about now that the show is mine? Which controversial things can I get into? Kanye West? Should I do a Kanye West? <laughs> I do actually want to do a podcast on Kanye West and just how far it fell, but I don't think this is the time or place, and I think that uh, it might end up doing more harm to Dish Provider than not. So let me talk about TV shows. What TV shows are you guys watching? So like I just finished, what is it? House of, is it a House of the Dragon? I want to call it House of Dragons, but apparently it's a thing with black people who put S's on stuff. So I ain't trying to be a stereotype. I think it's House of the Dragon, but it's talk about the dancer. That show is fantastic. If you haven't watched it, you need to fucking check it out. Uh, I think they figured out the pacing better than Game of Thrones did, even though I don't necessarily think it's a superior show. Outside of that, Best show I've seen all of 2022 is We Own This City on HBO. The second best, Andor on Disney+. Plus. Maybe the best thing the Star Wars ever done. I got it. It was here. It's normally downstairs. That is a huge, huge moment. I don't think she realized it's just, just what a it's always It's always nice. Like You, you plan on oh. going to the lobby and the food's just right outside the door. It's a huge win. That is fucking... It's one time. of those like little moments in life. Like a flawless victory when you got to wipe your ass and it's already clean. Wow. Valhalla. Do you have any other examples of flawless victories? Uh all right. That one's not that one's too non-PC. Let's go to another one. Um I don't know. We typically end on the most non-PC. There it is. There it is. You were meant to say that because that's how always how after the pod goes. I then have to go, yep, that's the moment we call it. Yeah. I'm like a referee. And I just go, yep, that's that. Uh, all right, uh, fast forwarding on the DVR and you hit push play and the show is right back. Oh, that, that, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So like you're, you DVR something, that. you, you DVR yeah. something, right? And then you're fast forwarding through the commercials. Yes. But you fast forward, you might hit like the 15 oh, second skip. Oh, I see. And yeah, and now Love you don't that. have to like really work on getting it right. You just hit play and the, it show just starts right where you need it to. That is great. An fucking amazing, feeling. amazing feeling. Um, uh, microwaving food. And uh, you, it ends, and it's the perfect temperature. That where you don't have to do, oh, shit, I needed 10 more seconds in. It's just, oh, man, that's a good fucking feeling. Um, also, putting a soda, which I this is the one thing I do need from a health standpoint to really cut out. I'd be kind of doing it crazy. I mean, sodas are great. Putting a soda in the freezer and pulling it out at the perfect moment of slush. There you go. That's a good one. That is a that is a really really good one. Good yeah. one. Good um, one. having sex with your girlfriend, jizzing on her back, and everybody gets off the bed without making a mess. Amazing. And that's going to be the one. That's going to be the comment. <laughs> this was District Divided. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thanks for putting up with us. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>